0: Welcome to the Dorvis Podcast. This is a special edition as we sit down with third degree Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, Professor Keith Owen. So stay tuned and let's get into it. Welcome to the Torvis Podcast, and this is a special edition where I get to sit down with my professor, Keith Owen, and he's here visiting uh, my academy here in Victoria, and we're going to be chatting about jiu-jitsu. So last night, actually, we had spent about seven hours talking about jiu-jitsu, and uh, it kind of just went on and on. And uh, welcome, Keith. Appreciate it.
1: Hey, Ari, How are you doing?
0: I'm doing excellent. Uh, so we're just going to chat about uh, jiu-jitsu-related things, and I've actually had some requests already. Of putting you on the podcast, so I figured you're here and we can just chat. So there's no script or anything like that. But and, we talked about everything seven for seven hours. We, we did. So we should have just recorded that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we could have. Uh, we're going to probably rehash some things. So typically when you're doing uh, kind of the podcast stuff people ask you you know you've probably done this a few times and it's like hey um what's your number one advice for jujitsu and when you're starting out and all that stuff right yeah yeah you've done that a few times yeah. okay um <clears throat> so let's go off the beaten path and um, we're going to talk like star trek or what <laughs> uh, well so, so uh we, we could <laughs> but actually keith is uh he has a he has a geeky uh um vibe to him a little oh, bit. Geez. He made it he made a Star Trek reference today sitting in the massage chair and I said, "Hey, you look like Captain Pike <laughs> sitting in the chair and he actually knew what that was." Mm-hmm. So, that's awesome. And we just watched The Mandalorian on Disney Plus.
1: Absolutely awesome. You liked it? Absolutely. You need to watch if you need to watch this. Okay,
0: so why did you like it?
1: It's the bounty hunter, man. It's about going in and kicking ass on people. Uh-huh. And you got to come with me. He used to be a cop, so like I like the whole, I like the whole vibe. I like how he doesn't take his helmet off, and he's always got a plan. And then, but yet at the same time, sometimes he's getting his ass kicked. And
0: and, and it had that kind of spaghetti western vibe yeah. to it too. Yeah, so that was neat. Yeah, and I was telling winner. you, and I was telling you the production value for that was 130 million dollars to make that series. So Disney is actually putting in a lot of effort to make this one go.
1: And there's a lot of um, uh, what do you call it? East, Easter eggs. Easter eggs. Yeah, yeah. the little. Little things that you know hark back to Star Wars, then
0: you just fantastic. Yeah, so so it, glad they're doing it. Yeah, it was really Disney good. Plus, man.
1: Get get that
0: too. <laughs> they're not paying you to say <laughs> no. <laughs> that. No. Unfortunate thing about Disney Plus is they their library is quite small right now. Yeah. So I think over the, over time it will probably expand. But uh, if you're a fan of Star Wars or Marvel, you have to get it. You have to get it. Yeah, and it's it's really inexpensive. And you said that, and so they also have Natural Geographic. And there was a show. What was the show about the shipwrecks? Yeah.
1: Uh, <clears throat> draining the oceans i think it's what it's called something like that where they talk about well the first thing i watched was i went oh i gotta check this out and they talk about shipwrecks and um, uh, battleships that were destroyed or aircraft carriers that were destroyed in world war ii and then what they do is they drain the ocean around it and show you exactly what the wreck looks like because they've done sonar and and that's me being geeky going wow i want to i really like world war ii history and
0: so is it a, is it a series or is it just one type of thing? Like I think they, it's a series, yeah. So they I think, do yeah, different shows. Yeah, they
1: have, they have different shows on it. So it's really, and you know, not as good as the Mandalorian though. But Mandalorian saying, was pretty good. Just
0: saying. Yeah. So uh, check that out, and uh, we're going to get some kickback from Disney Plus because we. Yes, just- I want my check. <laughs> uh, so you're visiting Victoria, and you have this is going to be your 20th visit mm-hmm. here at my school. I'm like a Canadian. Y- you are. I'm a. And you never have any troubles at the border. <laughs> all the time. And uh, I got so- this
1: huge lecture <laughs> about what I need to do. I, you know, we, we got it down to a science, you and I, I think, getting me into the country. Finally. And that, yes, finally. Yeah. And we have a letter. And now this now this guy at the border is lecturing me about how I need to have um, a couple other things about how much I'm making and, and what it's all going for. Yeah, he's just giving me. I'm like smiling, going, yeah, shut up, dude. Just let me right on through. And, yeah. You know and he's like yeah okay go ahead and i go thank you did you have to present the letter oh uh, yes i did okay and it was great it gets generally it gets me in it's just victoria is kind of weird and that they like to they like to hang me up there like i go to other places in canada and they don't care they oh yeah I go through
0: maybe you were flagged here
1: or something yeah <laughs> They're out to get me. So, they're out to get me.
0: Well, I have some advice. If you are traveling into another country, uh, just tell the truth. Tell the truth. Why dude. you're there.
1: Yes. Do not lie to these people because they will kick you out. Yeah. They're serious. And you can lecture me, you know, or or you can make me pay money. Right. But you can't do both. That's what. That's my theory.
0: You're not going to, you know, I'll, or,
1: right. I'll take the lecture, uh-huh. but you got to let me
0: in. <laughs> so after 20 times doing seminars sir, do you have any kind of favorite moments that you can remember over the last... 10 years being here so you usually come about twice a year again it's 20 visits it's a long mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a ton of visits you've done different usually what you do is when you come you do different types of themes mm-hmm. like we've had the two-on-one theme and i we had one called death from above which is you just doing kind of submissions from psi control mm-hmm. and you know we've had a ton uh, of kind of topics and actually let's go on that for a second do you think as an instructor it's important to have a topic when you were teaching a seminar or do a q a
1: um, for me personally, I think a topic is better. I, I don't know if people like the Q and A as much. I don't know. Cause, um, I know that professor Sauer, my professor does Q and A a lot and they seem to have questions for him. I do Q and A. People just sit there and look at me like, Oh, I don't know what to ask. So mm-hmm. I think it's, I think people like to have a,
0: a general theme, if you will. Is that just because it keeps them on track and it's easier to remember?
1: Yeah. And they want stuff to put together. I, I mean, they don't want just one move. They want Two or three or four or five that they can put together and uh, have success with it, and I think that's a good that's a good point. That's a good thing to to have. It, it helps me to prepare too. And I'll tell you this: if you don't know jujitsu, Q and A is pretty scary. Right? Oh man, you want to talk about a pucker factor right there? I mean, people ask; <laughs> they're going to ask you anything they want, and you got to come up with the answer. And I'm pretty good at it. Or right. I'm not trying to brag or anything. I'm, uh-huh. you know, but. um it's pretty scary. So having, you know, most instructors are going to have just a, a theme
0: kind of deal you know, that, that they can control. And one of the things you see about q and A Q&A is you sit there and go, "Hey, does anyone have any questions?" And there's there's friggin' crickets in the room, right? They've come. They know they're coming yeah. to a, a seminar, but there's they're like I don't know. You don't have any questions, really. Yeah,
1: and so- I, and they, everybody says the same thing. I just don't know what to ask, and. And at least with me, if if you said, Hey, do you have any questions about jujitsu?" jitsu I'd raise my hand and go, I know some stuff, but I just want to see what your idea is on it. Right. Like if I were talking to Professor Sauer and he goes, And I try to ask the first question at every seminar that he does. <laughs> I try to I, I'm gonna raise my hand. No one's not going, dude. Yeah. And and I'll ask, Hey, how do you get out of Banuma Plata? I know how to get out of an Illuminati, but I want to see what he says about that. Right. right? Just how do you how do you get out of it? I asked him the last time. Hey, professor, how do you get out of an Americana from side control? All right. And I got a few of those, but I want to see what he's got, what he's come up with in, yeah. in the years since I've asked him that question or scene. And he showed something that was really awesome that I didn't even know. And I was like, oh, thank God I asked. That, right. was, that was really cool. So it doesn't have to be like, or people maybe feel stupid or something like that. But. Uh, there is so much in jiu-jitsu, if you don't know what you don't know, that's your problem right there. You need to, if, if, you, don't, if you have questions, you need to make sure that those get answered. Mm-hmm. And, it, and if you don't have any questions, it's because you're not thinking of your own game. I'm going off on a tangent right now.
0: No, that's totally cool. So do you think that there's an expectation, or, or not an expectation, do you think that a lot of students now like the latest and greatest and the, the fancy stuff and they kind of ignore the basics because it's like, well, I know the basics. There's nothing I can really learn from that, so show me the complex stuff.
1: Yeah. They don't know the basics. They, people think they know the basics. And I'm going to tell you that the basics are what's going to submit people. Mm-hmm. I mean, your fancy stuff works one time. You're working to get people one time. All right, Cause and after that, they're going to know. Like, um, I've gotten caught with Baron bolo before. Someone's caught me with a barren bolo and swept me mm-hmm. only one time. Mm-hmm. Now I see it coming, and I go, oops, I shut it right down. Mm-hmm. And and it's those basics, like a just a, a, a straight gi choke. And we could get into a huge argument about this with lots of people, but right. those basics are always going to carry you over, especially when you get older and you can't do a, a lot of those fancy moves. And, mm-hmm. and uh, it... <clears throat> I, nothing wrong with fancy moves, but if you have sophisticated basics, advanced basics, yep. you're going to be in, you're going to do pretty good, and especially if you uh, in your defense, because you're going to need your defense. I mean, there's there's so much to learn. This is just ridiculous, even to talk about it, because mm-hmm. it's the basics of your defense and your offense that are going to that are going to do well for you. If you were to give me some firewood. Right, and I hold, I hold up my hands, you know, and I make it kind of a U shape, and you're filling my hands, filling my arms full of your firewood, right? How would I hold those? I would take my elbows and I would bring them into my sides and I would hold them close to my body, right? right. But again, if I held it straight out with my arms completely extended, the firewood there, walking with it, looking like Frankenstein's with his fingers pointed up, you would go, Keith, what? Why don't you just, why don't you just bring your elbows in, man? And no, no, I'm doing fine. I'm weightlifting a lot. I can do this, right? No problem. So people go, is weightlifting great? Well, weightlifting's fine. But if your hands aren't in the right, and your arms aren't in the right alignment in jiu-jitsu, and say, here's an example for jujitsu, mm-hmm. someone's mounted on top of you, and you're pushing you, him straight up with your hands, and you extend your arms all the way up. Right. We know that you're going to get an arm bar. Right. But you know what? If It's not as super efficient to be pushing people anyway like that. It's not good. It's as opposed to you just making the right kind of frames to be able to use them as a shock absorber. Mm -hmm. Now, my whole point of this is when you learn to put your hands in the right spots, things become extremely, uh, well, significantly easier to be able to do your jujitsu, right? And you can do that when you're 80 years old, right? When you have a good foundation like that. But people go, I don't need those basics, I just need that fancy move because in their mind they already think they have a good foundation. Right. So they have a crappy foundation and they're building a house on that crappy foundation. And then they wonder why there's cracks everywhere, mm-hmm. right? And, and the key is a good student, a good jiu-jitsu student will work on his fundamentals. And you can work on your fancy moves that's not a problem. That's not what I'm saying, but I am saying a good student will focus on those basic fundamentals in every aspect and in every position of his, of his jiu-jitsu mm-hmm. because when you're tired and you're exhausted and you. You know, you can't hardly think anymore. You can always go back to that perfect body alignment to be able to help you. And and one of the greatest compliments I get from people when they grapple with me is, wow, I couldn't I couldn't get into the position that I wanted to. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying, yes, you couldn't (laughs) because I had everything perfectly aligned and stopping you from being able to get in there. And then you couple with the experience level of, I already know where you're going with this anyway, mm-hmm. and I already beat you to the punch and, sh- you know, locked the door, if you will. It just, it, it makes it good for, especially for an older guy,
0: right? It's funny. You did a video, the very first, I think it's almost the very first video I ever recorded of you. Mm-hmm. You were discussing, it was in the, our like two academies, three academies ago, and you were with Ryan and he's sitting there and you were talking about, um, how the body is aligned and you were just talking about moving the arm out. Do you remember that one? Really? Yeah. And yeah, it's very similar to what we're talking yes. about. Just different analogies. Yes. And, uh, it was, what well, was, it was mind blowing for everyone who was there. Cause it's like, Oh, well that makes sense. Right. Efficiency of the yeah. body. So the reason I was talking kind of about just fundamentals and things like that, how do you address Looking at a student who goes well, I understand he's talking about being 80 and doing jujitsu. Like you, Mm -hmm. I'm going to say you harp on this, right? Yeah. I harp on it as well. But how do you convince someone who is in their 20s, who is athletic, who is getting by with, uh, is beating people, is getting better, getting stronger, and you know, and they listen to this, like, well. I don't know, that's that, that injury thing, and I'm not really going to get old. You know, because when you're 20, you kind of think yeah. it's like, oh, it's going right. to last forever. Yeah. So how do you kind of convince someone that you can use the athletics when you're 20, but you should be looking at the long game rather than the short game? Yeah. How do you do that?
1: <clears throat> I, think, I think there's a genetic code in us for young people that they don't see that kind of stuff, all right? And I, I say that only because we send young people to war all the time, mm-hmm. right? And it's the older people that run the war and get the younger people to go to war. And the younger people don't think they're going to get killed mm-hmm. when they go. The older people finally realize, oh good, I could get killed. I mean, oh man, mm-hmm. right? So the younger people, I think in their minds, it's just genetically encoded, right? And it takes a smart guy or gal to go, you know what? Well, it's just like saving for retirement. That I'm going to get my retirement cap on here. Okay, but your my financial advisor. <laughs> uh, they say that if you start saving when you're 18, 17 years old, right, yep. and you start saving just a little bit of amount of money, that you could have millions of dollars by the time you retire. How many young people do that? Right. Because they don't think that they're ever going to get old. Old is for old people. <laughs> Right. I used to be young too, and then you get old. It's going to happen, and I hope you get old, mm-hmm. Ari. I hope you get old, dude, because the um, alternative to that is death. <laughs> right, and then you're not going to have to worry about it. But if you're just using, if you're just using your natural athletic ability, yeah, okay, it's only going to take you so far for so long, and those are called glory days, right? But if you were to like. If you were a uh, if you, if you were a young man and just listen to me and and I showed you the things that I'm doing for an older guy to be good uh-huh. and you could you could combine that with your natural athletic athletic ability you would be fantastic uh-huh. you would and you would ha- uh, like a Marcelo Garcia you know if you look at Marcelo he's not I don't know he looks particularly athletic to me but he has everything in the right place and he does everything at the right time and is perfect and he does it and not have to not has to, not have to use a lot of energy mm-hmm. when he does it mm-hmm. okay and so trying to get that across to a young person is kind of like having a camel go through the eye of a needle really i mean because <laughs> they just genetically they just can't see themselves as getting old because we're forever young right you've heard that before right, right. and it's a wise young man or woman that will realize if they set the goal that i want to be in jiu jitsu forever I want to be in jiu-jitsu all my life, mm-hmm. then they have a better chance of taking on these these kinds of things. But what happens now in society, they don't they don't want you to think about getting old. They want you to buy right now, do right now, spend all your money right now. Right. Don't save your money right now. And it's the same in jiu-jitsu. If we want you to win this medal right now. And winning medals is cool, but at what price are you going to pay in the long term if you're doing things that require lots of energy, lots of strength, I mean, and that's cool if you have lots of. I, I always say that if you're the strongest man in the world, you don't need jujitsu. Mm-hmm. You don't need jujitsu. You're the strongest man in the world. Strength mm-hmm. can be jujitsu, mm-hmm. but if you're the second strongest man in in, in the world, you need jiu-jitsu. Right uh, for that for that number one guy, right? right? And so you, you need to. Um, it just like I said, it just takes a wise person to understand that if if they will just have a strong foundation they can go outside of glory days and expand that all the way into their 50s and 60s uh, and no problem and at 50 I'm still doing great man I'm, mm-hmm. I grappled six times five times this week mm-hmm. uh, at my school and probably I don't know 25 30 people I've grappled with and yeah. I, I still feel pretty good and it's not because I'm doing anything athletic I'm pretty lazy actually but everything I'm just always trying to put everything in the right place and using my brain right. Uh, and guys are trying to kill me, trying to freaking kill me, man. And I grappled with a dude who was 6'7", uh-huh. pounds. No, and I, I, man, he was heavy. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I just had the right frames and everything like that. And it, it got me through that. It really did. That's pretty
0: heavy. And we talked about this yesterday. I said...
1: Did you, I answer your question? You totally all, did. Okay. Yeah, honestly. you totally did.
0: But this kind of goes into it because we were saying yesterday in order for you to kind of learn, you miss, you learn from the mistakes of those who came before you. Yes. And I learned that at an early age that I kind of, my mentors and people, I asked them for advice and I actually listened to what they had to say. Isn't that unique? And, but if you know, someone's saying I did this and this got me hurt and I'm like, okay, I'm going to avoid doing that. And you can, you can circumvent these landmines that are in your path if you listen. Mm-hmm. So the, the thing is, is getting people to listen yes right getting them to listen getting them to see
1: themselves as older right right and, oh, man i i always hear this if you're a young person I, i'm always hearing this from older people oh man i wish i weren't so hurt mm-hmm. i wish i weren't so beat up but man my back is i had my back injury i had my shoulder injury i had my knee injury you don't have to have those kinds of injuries you don't mm-hmm. i've had injuries before and they've all healed but i don't have those long-term things because i've always looked for the simple ways to do things and the with the right body posture and, and of course with the right timing right and then when i go for a submission that's when i'll attack it hard too i want to i want to make sure you understand that too all right it's not about
0: i mean on the receiving end yeah, of that i got it. <laughs> I, I, when i when i
1: go for a submission that's the point where i attack it mm-hmm. other than that i'm totally trying to keep my muscles from tensing because tense muscles are what's going to get you hurt
0: okay so let's let's now lead into a question that I had talked about yesterday with you is there's typically two types of people in, in the school. There are those who don't care about tapping and those who care about tapping. Mm-hmm. And so if you're rolling with someone, there's the type of person that's like, you get them, they'll tap. They're like, okay, you got me. Let's start again. Mm-hmm. And then there's those people in the school that you have to bring it to a hundred percent in order to get them to tap. Mm-hmm. And there's a prevailing, uh, thought kind of in the school when you're rolling with different people, it's like, okay, well look at person A And that person, uh, you know, they'll tap early and Mm -hmm. we continue on. But then they look at person B and go, okay, that's the killer in the school. Mm -hmm. And I have to throw it on 100%. Or if I do get a submission on person B, then I know it's legit. But on person A, I don't really know all the time, but, you know, I figure I got it. But they feel better sometimes when they're going against person B. It's like, oh, I got him Mm -hmm. or I got her because I know that they never tap. However, we do know that that person B, it ends up leading to injury. Is there any way to get someone to kind of come out of that mindset and say, hey, how about you tap a little bit early?
1: Well, here's why you want to tap early, okay? Because uh, let's just say, talk about arm bars. Let's just say I get you in an arm bar or it. it over the course of 20 years you're putting arm bars and you won't tap at all and you're trying to get away and your arm is fully extended mm-hmm. okay that's we can both agree your arm is fully extended it's one short little j- jump between s- s- you tapping mm-hmm. or you breaking mm-hmm. right and some people will get to that point and they won't tap and they'll try to get out e- even there and then they'll then they'll tap 1 millisecond before it's about to break okay can you imagine the 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 harm it's doing to your joints over the years continuously putting your arm in that situation Mm -hmm. when truly come on man you shouldn't you should have been escaping a long time ago from that right you shouldn't be escaping when your arm is completely um completely out all the way and he's putting intense pressure on it and at the very last second you tap really Mm -hmm. that's just gonna that's just gonna pile up the injuries and i've seen this time and time again man A, a lot of my friends have Right, have arthritis in their
0: elbows. Like those micro tears that keep happening. Micro tears continuously,
1: right? And now, now if you were grappling with me and you get me in an arm bar, Mm -hmm. and my arms are bent, oh, it's still game on, dude. I'm I'm getting out. Right. I'm trying to get out. Right. But that's the time that you want to escape, not the time where it's fully extended. All right. Now, if you're at a tournament or something, and it's fully extended, and you try, fantastic, right? And you can practice this stuff. But if you do it continuously like that, mm-hmm. man, you're going to get injured. You're not going to last in jujitsu jitsu that long. And shame on you because you should be tapping earlier than that. Because now if you were a black belt and you, you're trying to tell your students to tap, but yet you won't tap at all. Like you actually let people choke you out mm-hmm. as opposed to tap. Mm-hmm. Really? And then you try to tell your students that. They're not going to listen to you. And then what's going to happen is your students are going to quit because… They're continuously getting injured, mm-hmm. right? And injury is your enemy, Ari. Mm-hmm. It, it's your, it's, it's your, and you should know because you seem a little beat up lately, right? You've got right. a knee, little knee problem, right? I've had some injuries, and yeah. not even, not even trying, you get some injuries, mm-hmm. right? So why put your body through that when you should be tapping early? Because we're trying to learn the lesson, not trying to prove how tough you are, right? All right, um, prevention is way smarter than escape, wouldn't you agree? Oh yeah, you should be prevent. A, 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 Lower students should be preventing things um, working on that Mm -hmm. before he should be working on trying to escape because the escape can be the tap, right? And it's just a lesson learned is all it is. It's just that I had a mental lapse that got me caught in this game that we're playing and it's no big deal. I shouldn't have to pay this huge price for that mental lapse, right? It's just like us playing a video game. Mm -hmm. You know, If we're playing a video game and I get killed in the video game, what do I do? I just push reset. It's no big deal. But in jujitsu, you don't want to get killed. You just—that's what the tap is for. Right. And if you don't, if you don't believe me, you go, yeah, I don't, yeah, I'm, I, I don't tap to anything, and you absolutely have to give me. Well, just don't tap then. Don't just go. Hey, there are no taps in this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We go till an arm break. And and how long would you last till then if we didn't have the tap? You'd have one. You'd one, one, one round. Yeah. yeah. You'd have one round. Just don't tap then. Yeah. Just right. If you don't respect tapping, if you don't think it's good. But, it, oh man, and then you, let's say I break your arm. How long does it take for you to get better? Right, months. Months. And that's all that jujitsu jitsu time that's wasted because you, right, so, uh, what is that? Throw the baby out with the bathwater? Bath yeah. Is that what the, you know, <laughs> kind of thought process is. And the tap just keeps us safe. And I'm gonna tell you, don't, excuse my language, don't do shit that's gonna get you injured, mm-hmm. all right? Because injury is your enemy. Okay? Now, if you're at a tournament and you're fighting some guy and you get injured, that's the difference. You're out on the street. You're going to get injured. Who cares? Right. You're fighting for your life. Okay. But when you're on the blue or the red or the green mats, it's all about safety, right? Safety of your partner. Safety of you. So you can learn these lessons and get better, man. I didn't have to wait for my arm to be fully extended to get good at stopping that. Mm-hmm. I'll get out. I get out way before then. And if you get me, I just tap, I smile, and I, I just let it go. Yeah. People's self image is a real problem. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. that's why they're not tapping, is because their self image is I, I, I got to prove something to everybody. You know, as a black belt, I find it funny. <laughs> I find it funny because as a black belt, I'm 50 years old yeah. and I'm still not supposed to lose to anybody.
0: Hilarious, huh? Yeah, I, yeah.
1: But at the same time, I don't see any NFL coaches out there running plays with their guys to show them how it's done right the nfl coach sits on the sideline and he tells you know the the mlb manager you know he's we're talking plays we're not he's not out there you know doing it doing it right but a a black belt jiu-jitsu is supposed to oh wow we're we're supposed to show everybody every single time and never lose and i've lost i've lost plenty of times you know it's no big deal and it doesn't affect my self-image because i've won way more than i've lost Mm -hmm. and um and I've even had black belts tap me, and I've tapped lots of black belts. And so that's why if I tap you, I never look down upon you. Right. I never looked. If I tap you, I don't sit. I don't go. Oh yeah, I'm better than he is. I, you know, I put that on my wall like a trophy. Oh, I beat him, mm-hmm. and I right. And then I lost to him. I, you can't have that. In your if you want to get good at jujitsu, you can't do that. It's the process that's the exciting part. It's not the outcomes all the time. On the blue. On the red, right. on the green mat, it's the process that's important. At the tournament, that's a different thing. Yeah. Out on the street, that's a different thing, right? Yeah. It's the outcome that's important. But if you have that mindset of outcome all the time, I have the finalization. If I if I if I lose, I'm, I suck, and if I win, I'm great. But in life, man, we lose a lot. Yeah. So most of the time, we suck. You can't. You can't build your self-esteem on those kinds of things
0: well in jiu-jitsu when you start you lose more than you win oh by far and then you find out that you're winning more than you lose <laughs> and then it doesn't matter it doesn't that's matter. kind of the, the thing and all my injuries that i have today are because i was playing hard back then and i'm paying now mm-hmm. right i haven't been injured on the mat because of a move in a decade however the knee wear and all that stuff that's because of when i was in my 20s and 30s i was a dumbass <laughs> And that's
1: why. That is a older person telling me how shitty they did when they were a younger person. Yes. And a younger person should listen to that and go, wow, I need to make sure I don't get injured. That is the number one thing. to. And, and I have been really focused on not getting injured yeah. uh, for the last 25 years. Mm-hmm. I just don't want that because, and we're all a collection of our injuries, right? Totally. So if I'm good now with no injuries and you're all beat up and banged up and hurt, I have an advantage over you now. Of course. Right? After glory days are gone. All right and, yeah. and and but you know what I want to say this if you don't if you don't care about any of that just don't plan to be in jiu-jitsu for all your life right you don't deserve to be in jiu-jitsu all your life right? right mm-hmm. jiu-jitsu all your life is reserved for the smart people the stupid people leave and they go away cuz they're dumb and they all they all they cared about was just winning and losing mm-hmm. for that certain period of time you want to make jiu-jitsu your whole uh, uh, something that you've done all of your life right and when, when, and when you do it that way things will be so much more fun more clear and you'll be 60 70 years old still tapping these 20 year olds out with no problem whatsoever I truly believe that mm-hmm. and if I'm wrong I don't care I don't want to I don't I, I'm going to get old I got to have something to believe in yep. and that's what I believe in is that I'm going to uh, I'm going to still do well uh, even into my old age because I'm doing things correctly in my mind and I'm not afraid to tap. Mm-hmm. And I, I bet when I get older, there'll be more taps coming. I just have this feeling I'm going to get tapped Yep. and I'm going to tap more people and it's, it's going to be okay. I think what will help is, is I tell you my philosophy of jiu jitsu because I think it's important because we have a lot of tournament people uh, who are going hard in their schools all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're going, yeah, but for this tournament I got to train hard and I got to be like, i got to be going for it, and that's what my instructor says all the time. And I say, yes, I understand what you're going through. I got it. But let's break down what a tournament is. A tournament is you're going against somebody Mm -hmm. your age, your belt level, Mm -hmm. for a certain period of time under a certain amount of rules. Right. But what are you doing in your school? You're going against huge people. You're going against small people. I mean, there are people that are 30 pounds heavier than you, and you're doing tournament jiu-jitsu because they're not breaking you up into weight classes in your school. If they are, that's cool. I mean, right. I'm good with that. Yep. But really, most of the time in, in your school, you're grappling all sizes of people all the time. Right. So it's easy, to, it's easy to go super hard on somebody in your weight class But Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is what I study. Mm -hmm. And Gracie Jiu-Jitsu always assumes that somebody is 50 pounds heavier than you. Okay? And you uh, you correct me if I'm wrong. What you can do with somebody in your weight class ain't exactly what you're going to do with somebody who's necessarily 50 pounds heavier in the same level. Right. But they always approach it the same. If I go super hard on the 50 pounds heavier, lift that guy and use all my muscle and go super fast... Things will be just as good and what happens is that's when you're getting hurt hurt, because you're lifting extraordinarily heavier weights in theory than you are with somebody in your own weight class Mm -hmm. right so that's where i call it i I call it it's not really real jiu-jitsu in the sense if you're going somebody against your weight class it's not really how it is in the school you're going against a lot of different sizes of people so you need to approach your training differently when we're talking that if, if you're training for a, a tournament i think you should stay with just people in your weight class right i mean really i think that's what you should do because that's that's who you're going with right and you can use more athleticism and you can get away with those kinds of things um what would i do if, if we are grappling somebody 50 pounds heavier than well maybe they put you flat on your back and you're trying to use all of your strength and to, and your body is super tight and you're throwing them off no wonder you're getting hurt uh-huh. because your body is so tense yeah you pop a muscle man uh-huh. because that dude was heavy so you, you got to approach it differently you, got, you just got to think in these kinds of terms that just what I do at a tournament isn't exactly what I'm gonna do in the school right I need to have I need to work on that technique right? But I can always switch it up because you can go harder in some of your weight class. I mean, that's how it's going to be. Totally, they're going to like take it to you. I got that mm-hmm. out on the street. They're going to take it to you. But this is where the technique comes involved. And here's what I would suggest to you if you're just for your training aspect, if you're coming to this, going to your school. Mm-hmm. I would have days like for me personally. This is what I do. I would have days where I'm super defensive, That's so I'm just going to defend. That's all I'm going to do. I'm going to, in fact. You know this about me. I love to start in side control bottom. Mm-hmm. I, that's I don't want to. I don't want to be on top, man. I want to be on the bottom because the lucky guy's on the bottom. That's what I say all the time. Right. Because you need to learn how to get out of there. And when you're on the bottom, your hips move better, and it teaches you to move. So when you get on top, your hips move. If you're always on top, your hips are going to be blocky. You see that with wrestlers all the time. They have this certain blockiness about them because they're on the top all the time. Mm-hmm. They try to be on the top. But when you're on the bottom, you have to you you're, you have finesse with your hips, and that translates to the top. And I'm trying to achieve that finesse, if you will. So sometimes I'll just be super defensive. I'll, I'll go, I'm just going to get in the guard today. That's all I'm going to do. Uh, some days I'm going to go, okay, it's game time. I'm taking it to everybody. It's Abu Dhabi time. I'm going to submit everybody, and I'm going to do it quickly.
0: Okay, so let me interrupt you for a second. Mm-hmm. So. You're saying starting on the bottom, the lucky guy's on the bottom. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you might have some people out there that go, well, aren't you training yourself to be in an inferior position? And then, you know, when push comes to shove, you're just going to be more comfortable on your back, which you shouldn't be in the street or something like that. Like, how would you address that?
1: Because if somebody's 50 pounds heavier than me, Mm -hmm. he's going to put me on my back. You're going to get put there. All right. And this is the problem in UFC. I see that a lot, man. These guys are super tough until they get like someone gets side control top on them and they're on the bottom and they have a hard time getting up and getting away or someone mounts on top of them Uh and starts beating the crud out of them what do they do they turn over on their stomach and Uh then you know things just go wrong you should be practicing the bad spots way more than you practice the good spots so you're comfortable being in those positions see your defense right right i know you know how to elbow escape can you elbow escape when i'm on top of you
0: so you're saying that Adding punches to jiu-jitsu changes the game.
1: Yeah. Oh, man, don't even get me
0: started. <laughs>
1: okay. no, that's going to be a whole hour of talking about that. But back to what I was saying, sometimes it's like, okay, now I'm going to be on top the whole time, and I'm going to dominate everybody. Right. Sometimes I'll go, and I, I do this. This is just my routine. Sometimes I go, oh, I'm only going to go for triangles today. That's all I'm working on. I'm just triangle, a uh, Kimura. Mm-hmm. Um, my guillotines need work. I'm talking Keith Owen right now for thought, giving you, telling you. My guillotines need a little work. I was just thinking about that the other day. I, mm-hmm. I'm having some. I'm not going for them. I don't go for them very often, and I think I need to go for them a little bit more because getting getting that guillotine is that's good stuff, man. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like mm, I, you know, I practice. I need to practice that more. Maybe maybe ankle locks or something that you want to go for a little bit more, right. right? Maybe you go for ankle locks too much and that's your only game, right? You need to you need to be working on these bad spots in your game, right, to get better. But you can't do that, Ari. If it's all about winning all the time, because if it's all about I gotta win, Ari, I'm not going to work on my bad spots in my game. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just gonna go out and kick Ari's ass. That's what I'm gonna do. I gotta go win. And then guess what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna do the same old tired shit that I always do. And I'm never gonna work on my good positions, or my, I'm sorry, my bad, bad positions. positions. Yeah. And I'm only gonna I'm only gonna keep my good positions. What I'm good at. Well, you know, I'm six four, hundred 180 pounds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get on top of you like a big guys man this is like americana from side control that's what they'll get right like and can you imagine you're a big guy and all you go and do americanas but you get everybody without americana are you a real jiu-jitsu guy or are you just good at americanas with one move mm-hmm. well i win all the time you're not going to last in jiu-jitsu all right mm-hmm. because it's not about just that winning it's about getting good at everything in jiu-jitsu not just about oh this is my one go-to move that one go-to move though If I'm at a tournament and see that I'm going for my go-to move, and that's cool, but sometimes you got to stay away from your go-to moves, man, and work on the ones that. And in my particular case, it would be guillotines. I need to work on those a little bit more, right? And I've identified that about myself.
0: Yeah, and it's funny how we now, you know, as a black belt, there's different levels, right? So it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, you know, my guillotines are at a at a purple belt level, Mm -hmm. you know, right. And, you know, my side Control Americana is at a black belt level. And so there's different levels. Yeah,
1: there's different levels. And
0: I think there's a a misconception. It's like, well, when you're at a black belt, you need to be black belt level at ankle locks, heel hooks, uh, triangles, all these things. And, of course, it isn't because there's thousands of moves. And by the time you get to a black belt, I've noticed that everyone has their own fingerprint. Mm -hmm. And everyone is specific. So I know some black belts that are just triangle machines. And I know others that never hit them. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's right. again those are the levels that we are. So it's like a video game with your your skill set. Yeah, the skill set, right? right? Yeah, right. That that that's how I see it. And that's why kind of going into that's why it's important to go to seminars because when you see people it's like, "Hey, I'm a black belt, but I have a blue belt level triangle. I really would like to get some tricks." And then I you start working on that. And if you're going to get better at something, you're going to lose even at a black belt. We were talking about this earlier. It's Again, you're just mm-hmm. going to work on one thing and, oh, yeah, your students catch you. It's because you're working on something.
1: Right. So what if I were just working on my guillotines, right? Right. And I'm not going to tell you what level my guillotines are. You know, they're okay. Yep. But they, I need a better, right? But let's say I'm grappling with you and I'm going for guillotines. And I don't get anything on you, mm-hmm. right? And so we stalemate the whole time. And are you, you walk away going, whoa, Mr. Keith didn't get me at all. Man, there was nothing he got me with. Mm-hmm. I feel real good it's just because i'm working on one simple thing man i'm not working on my go-to moves that i want to kill you with some days i'll walk in and go i'm going with my go-to moves because you've got to have aggression too of course i mean you can't just be a you can't be a tin can and lay there man there's but there is a time for defense and there's a time for offense i believe it's 50 50 and you need to switch to offense when you can okay because offense is what wins would you agree Mm -hmm. all right you 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 can't you're not just going to win on defense However, you're going to survive on defense, right? My defense is not going to get me choked out, right? but my offense is going to choke you out.
0: Right? So Dan says something about this. Mm-hmm. Our favorite guy, Dan. Our favorite guy, Dan. Dan says, there's there's a moment of irrational confidence because mm-hmm. you can't defend forever. Right. And this is a great thing he said. And I was mm-hmm. like, you can't. So you have to have that irrational confidence where I'm going to get out from side control and I need to attack because mm-hmm. eventually I might get caught. Yes. And That's exactly that, what we are talking about. That, that's it. And... And
1: Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is really good on the defensive side because we always assume, again, that mm-hmm. everybody's way bigger and stronger than us. And how does a small man survive the big man? He survives and doesn't get tapped out, doesn't get hurt, doesn't get killed, right? right. And that can be co- that can be considered a win. But then we have the tournament guys that it's all about, I got to have that submission on this guy. And you don't see the tournament guys getting submissions on lots of people. I mean, they win by advantage points and all of that too, mm-hmm. right? And I, I'm going to say that jiu-jitsu is about submitting people okay it, that's what I believe it's about you submit people right but there comes a time where it's time to turn it on Ari and go and be aggressive right mm-hmm. and when I go for a submission baby I'm going for it all right I'm going to take that submission and it's not one, zero one hundred. I go 10 20 30 40 50 when I'm in the school mm-hmm. at a tournament it's zero 100 I'm getting you all right yeah. <clears throat> however we want to make sure that we don't get injured I mean that's the point, all right? And if you're going 0 zero one hundred all the time in your jujitsu, it's like it's Professor Sauer calls it driving your car through the desert, it's one hundred degrees and you drive your car through the desert one hundred miles an hour every day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What are the odds your car is gonna break down? Pretty high. It's gonna happen eventually, right? If you right. So I just say I'm just saying this to the to the new guys, middle guys, you should Select your days of what you're going to do. Even if you're tired, man, I don't care, mm-hmm. right? Today is Thursday. Today is the day that I'm going with all my all my good moves on everybody, okay? I'm, I'm just breaking this up in a logical pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I get a day where I can choose to be defensive, and that's the only thing I do, right? I'm tired, man. I had to work. Mm-hmm. I don't won't even want to go to class today, but I'm going to go, and I'm going to grapple, and all I'm going to do is just be defensive and work on my defense. I'm going to work on my bottom game, right? Maybe I need to work on my guard. Maybe I need to work on my guard passing. I mean, these are the things that you that you need to work on to get specific if you want to really get good. If you want to be a true jiu-jitsu professional,
0: mm-hmm.
1: break your game down into little specifics and work on those. Like you said, I love that analogy of the video game. Yeah. You see what you're good at and what you're, what you're poor at. And right now, I'm, the bar on Keith Owen is, uh, you know, his guillotines need to be worked on a little uh-huh. bit more, right? So I need to drill those out and work on them, right? And maybe spend one class grappling with everybody. Can I move on for a second here? I always I always hear this. You're a blue belt or you're a high belt and white belts are for killing. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah.
0: I know this analogy. Right. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. And I want to say Yes. In the best way possible, though, and just with love, all right? Not because you don't want the, you don't want to you don't want to break the soul of a white belt, right? Because he's brand new, man. You were brand new too, and you got people who are just like like soul raping you, man. I uh-huh. mean, they're just ripping your your guts out of you every time in class, and people don't want to go through that. But what you should do with a white belt—that's a great time to work on my guillotines. Mm-hmm. i get that white belt and i'm grappling i want to start out with that and i start working on my GTs. Then i'm going to move up to blue belts mm-hmm. then i'm going to move up to purple belts and try that particular thing but what happens if i'm a white belt going with a with a, a brown belt mr white belt you ain't going to be tapping nobody all right you're gonna have a hard time tapping somebody that's the time to be working on your defense right maybe if me keith owen is going against one of my black belts i might want to work on my defense a little bit better because he's you know, trying to pop me with stuff and I'm just you know shutting that down. Right. Maybe the next night it's like okay black belt we're having a battle here. You ever had a battle with somebody? I've had a lot. <laughs> right? You, yeah. Where you're just like oh, I'm going for it dude and he's going for it too yeah. but it's not like a vi- in a violent everything is like super tight. You're having your jujitsu battle right. where the technique is going and you guys are both going for it but it's you know and, and that's what we want to get to eventually right? Mm-hmm. When you're a brown belt that's the time you can have more battles than at white belt. And white belts don't know any different, right? This is the time we need to settle them down and teach them the technique. Once you have the technique at a brown belt level, you'll be a lot safer...